We're really nervous. We're so, I'm like shaking because um, there's six people who will hear this. <laughs> We're really afraid. Um, I'm disappointing them. Terrified. Great. <laughs> um, do you want to like talk about how reductive reviews came to be? Yes, I can tell a story about how reductive reviews came to be. I actually don't know if you know this story. I don't think I do. But I started the Reductive Reviews Instagram account um, over three years ago. Shout out to my 65 followers. Um, Shout out. I'm gaining 20 followers a year, uh, which is... Crushing it. You know, some would say it's definitely crushing it. Crushing. Um, So a little over three years ago, I was watching... um, the show Masters of Sex. Did you ever hear about that show? I think it was on like HBO or Showtime. No. It takes place in like the 50s or something and they're basically trying to figure out like... And they're masters of sex. They're masters of sex and they're basically trying to figure out how to like get women to enjoy sex. Oh. Um, And it's, you know who this is? um, Lizzie Kaplan. Oh, shout out. Isn't it? Shout out Lizzie Kaplan. Um, and some like British white guy that I don't know his name. And so I was watching it and I had this like funny tweet, which was like reductive review or like, um, I think I called it like watered down review of masters of sex, like white doctor who can't get his wife to come bankrupts hospital trying to figure out how to get a woman to enjoy sex. And that is and how. Thus, <laughs> and thus, we have reductive reviews. And that is how reductive reviews And now are. we are doing the podcast, which we've been talking about for a very long time at this point. And we're doing it. And we're it's very exciting. Yeah. So. That's a beautiful story. That is kind of a beautiful story. And then I, and then I tweeted like 10 different tweets about, I think I did like a Mad Men one, a Girls one, a Weeds one. And then I was like... I'm, I actually feel like this sounds like I'm trying to try out like comedy and I'm, and I don't want to seem like I'm trying out comedy. And so I deleted all the tweets and just made the Instagram account and didn't let anyone follow it. My main question is, did you have it on your regular Twitter or Mm -hmm. did you make like a reductive watered down review Twitter? Oh, okay. So you were just like in feed G... Mm-hmm. Piece in the things, and then you just like made reductive reviews. Okay, yeah, very cool. And then I just made reductive reviews. Um, it was like on my regular Twitter, and I was like, "This doesn't feel like no one was favoriting it." I got really embarrassed. I like deleted all the tweets, and then I just started the Instagram account. I feel like the things most natural to you as a human being, you as like the collective you, not you as Gianna, but. I feel like the things that are most natural to each person gets the least amount of likes. And that's why I strive to get zero likes on Instagram. <laughs> because I'm like, if if this is like cool to me, then it's going to get three likes. But if it's like a dumbass fucking selfie or a picture of me, it's like all these likes. And I'm like, fuck you. Fuck your mom. Fuck social media. It's so stupid. But I like love getting three likes because I'm like that feels very natural and like that's how I know that I'm like posting authentic stuff about myself that feels genuine yeah it's why reductive reviews keeps it so real a little too real for uh no you have fans yeah well now now we have have fans we have fans 
so that's that was the start of reductive reviews and then um amy and i just started going to the movies a lot a together. Lot. amy is a movie girl she's like the movie girl and i had to prove to her my worth as a movie girl because she didn't believe me that i also really liked movies um in a in a way that i will actually align with her you know what? i will actually give you this one because usually you're like you hated me and i'm like i didn't fucking hate you but when it comes to like proving the movie i will give you that one yeah i don't yeah. believe anyone when they're like i like movies and i'm like do you i tried to talk to you i tried to talk to you about a movie the first time that i met you and you were like i just actually really hate when people (laughs) try to talk to me about movies and i bet now you feel we're gonna talk about um our top five top five top five favorite movies our dumb bitch top our dumb fucking little bitch top five favorite (laughs) movies of all time Um, i would just like to say off the bat when g and i met about this a few weeks ago, my top five is like not what it really is. There's a top three, but there's two that like are in there that are not, <laughs> don't really belong there. Um, I, I feel like when you talk about your top, however, it's just like ever changing. Yeah. And then you like are rewatching this shit and you're just like, why? Like, Whatever, we'll, we'll get into it, but we'll get, into, I, we'll get into it. I agree. Only two of my top five it's are two. actually my favorite oh, movies. Yeah, mine's three. Yeah. Um, I was like looking at the list that I gave you and I was like, I mean, yes, I love those movies. Right. I, but I felt, I think I felt under pressure and I was like, I, yeah. I, these are like my go-to. I love these movies. Yeah, yeah. And then I kept remembering movies that I was like, fuck, those should have been on there. But I know. Whatever. That's what I, <sighs> me too. It's a place to start. Was, it's a place to start. It's a place to start. Um, all right. Should we start? Can I start with yours? Yes. Okay. Okay. So the first top five of Amy's that I watched. I'm scared. What? Was Do the Right Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Spike Lee. Spike Lee. Um, I'm humiliated that I hadn't seen Do the Right Thing. Yeah. Um, which I will probably say about two other movies on her list as well. Got it. Um, the other two I could have done without. So. Yeah. Um, Okay. Um, this is like a serious one because yes, it's it like never going to be a culturally irrelevant movie. Correct. Like it's always, always going to be relevant. Yeah. Um, I obviously like did some research after mm-hmm. watching the movie just because I was whatever. That's like what you do. It's what you do. It's what you do. Especially if it's interesting. Um, I kind of wish that I had done the research before I watched the movie because I think I would have watched it differently. Like, I think I would have understood it a little bit differently. I think the the coolest thing that I found out about this movie is that the heat is a metaphor for rising tensions. So, like, the rising heat yeah. means rising tension in the neighborhood. Yeah. And that is as reductive as I can get. That's so... like, oh my god, no, this it's is just, profound knowledge it is really... Me. It's so fucking good. I actually saw it. I watched it in a class for one. I had a class in a film class in college that was like, actually Aline was in it with me because it was cinema in the city and it was like an architecture, urban planning and Mm -hmm. film class all in one. Mm -hmm. So we watched it and I didn't know anything about it. And like the first, you know, like hour and a half is like relatively boring as hell. Yeah. It's just like a boring slice of that, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boring in that There's like, no... It's, it's a day in the life. Right. 
it's there's no real plot until like obviously like the last like 30 minutes or whatever yeah. when it like shit hits the fan so i was like watching this and i was like what the fuck like cool love it no yeah. love it yeah but then it's like oh my fucking god <laughs> dude and isn't it crazy that like to piggyback off like the heat being its own character in the film like when mookie throws the trash can mm-hmm. like the Sal's is also its own character because like Sal Sal's had to burn down like somebody had to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like from that from that time. Radio Rahim, rest in peace, Radio Rahim. Rest in peace, Radio Rahim. Like somebody had to die on his behalf and like it was Sal's and like he Mookie knew and Mm -hmm. like it's just so it it's just so well done. Um Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's, I think that you're right. Like, the beginning of it was definitely, I mean, it was, it is Slice of Life, and I love Slice of Life. Like, I can watch, I mean, it's why I love Mad Men so much. Like, you're literally just watching nothing happen. Yeah. You're just, like, watching people, um, <clears throat> I don't know, just, like, do just, every day. Yeah, just do, like, their everyday lives. And so, I, I still, like, enjoyed the beginning of the film but yeah the climax was was really crazy in it i think it's it is it absolutely embodies like what like how volatile gentrification is i know and just how um how like how violence is just driven by like erasure in in neighborhoods you know and and how and how like just ignorance and then like a a general just um you know lack of i think acknowledgement of like a whole community can just drive like can just drive like extreme violence yeah um which obviously makes sense and is something that we witness like every single day yeah like anyone who has like twitter.com can see that like do the right love love do the right thing no i just want to make sure um okay all right so do the right thing do the right thing check Check. moving right along and are we good to start with black bear we are good to start oh boy talk about it talk about black bear i (laughs) okay well here's the thing sometimes g and i do these like predictions either before a movie or five minutes in i did a prediction for black bear and g told me this was her favorite movie, which I stand by. Okay, that. you stand by. Okay, I stand no, that's by cool. It. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. I was just wanted to just reconfirm. Um <laughs> so I did a five minute prediction that I will read now. Okay. Um all I know about this movie is that it's G's favorite film. I think it may be a psychological thriller. Aubrey Plaza is sure to provide a sarcastic and standoffish attitude. The eerie music in the beginning leads me to believe that it'll definitely not be an in-the-woods cabin slasher film, but more of a movie where Aubrey Plaza and Christopher Abbott fall in love and it's all fucked up and we don't know what's real and what's not real. Also, didn't know Christopher Abbott was even in this movie. No wonder why G loves it. (laughs) Um, Shout out, girls. Shout out. Um, Apparently, he has a wife. She's definitely going to lose her baby in some capacity. 
Aubrey isn't wearing any clothes for the majority of the first five minutes of the film, so I'm assuming she's going to be hypersexualized in the movie, and her and good old Chris Abbott are going to have um, at least one very hot and steamy sex scene, and you know what? I love that for the both of them. <laughs> <laughs> and you, like, weren't really wrong about no any of that no but i didn't know that it was i didn't know anything about black bear you've been talking about it for years i've never seen it yeah um nobody else really talks about it no one no one cares well if that movie lives or dies you're not wrong that bothers me because i think it really is one of the best movies i okay here's my thing i don't know why I I know you love your people. I know you love Chris Abbott. I know yeah, sorry, you will live and die for your people. Yeah. And I love that for you. Um, I think I... Aubrey Plaza gives the best performance of her life. I will give you that. She absolutely does. I don't understand... I don't... I don't get... I don't think I get it because I don't understand the two movies... Okay. Like the two parts of the movie. Hear, hear me out on this. I think it's less about that, and I think it is. It is one of those. It is one of those stories that really makes tragedy like aspirational in a way. Hmm. Like you see Christopher Abbott and Aubrey Plaza fighting at the end of the movie, and like having such like a deep understanding of, of like one another. And I think it just like. I don't know. I feel like it shows the side of relationships that is like, you can literally tear each other apart. Like they have that moment where she's like hysterical and she's giving this like, the performance is just, I mean, that in and of itself makes it my favorite movie, but it's like, it's what he then does after like knowing, knowing, knowing like the bond that they have Mm -hmm. and like, that it literally broke her. Like, it broke her how much she loves him and how much he loves her because he was, like, willing to put their relationship on the line. And then what he, like, does with that after, and there's something, like, so probably... Like, like, he still fucks the girl. He still fucks the girl. So, like, how much does he actually love her if he still fucks the other girl? But, like, I think it just shows our, like, wide kind of range for just, you know... Like, I, I think it shows the spectrum of, like, what can happen within a relationship. And, and that's why I don't get Black Bear, because I'm like... And also, I, th- I think... I, I, I mean, I've, I've read, like, different theories about what the two movies... Because, for context, because probably anyone who is going to listen to this has not seen Black Bear. Bear. <laughs> there are two movies within a movie, and so I think... The beginning part uh-huh. is her writing the movie... Like that is, that's that what is I, what she the movie that they're filming in the second movie. That's is what the I first movie thought. That that's what I yeah. thought. Yeah, but I don't also know where the pregnancy comes in. But also, I there are some things I cannot pull specific details out at this moment. But there were a few things in the second part where I'm like, no, it doesn't. Like none of that makes sense. I really don't. Okay, I don't think that there can be a bunch of theories i don't think that there's one right answer to like what the juxtaposition between the two parts of the movie are but i think that that's a big reason why i have difficulty liking it because i like structure and i like i'm not a big ambiguity gal yeah especially when it comes to movies i'm like i 
I want to know what's good. Yeah. With what the fuck is going on. That makes sense. I, I so I think yeah, that's my that final sense. that's my final black bear thought, thought is yeah. like I like performances unreal. If we're just going but off like of, both of their performances, everyone yeah, did a great job of them. And also just I, it is it's really like you are trapped in a fever dream for the yeah. last thirty minutes of it. They're all like smoking that weed pen. Yeah, but, like she keeps spilling coffee on herself. Yeah. They're like like everyone's like kind of high and like the camera movements are really weird and wobbly and like very tunnely and and you like you kind of feel like you're high yeah and it goes like the movie is really kind of three movies yeah i feel like because it's like it's the beginning part then they're filming the movie that i think is supposed to be the beginning part and then it's like the fallout once they wrap up filming and so it's like it is completely unstructured the movie is like what you make of it but I think it's just, I, I find it so feverish that, it, like, I can't look away from it. I can't look All away right. from it, and I, like, want it. No, I totally respect this being your favorite film. <laughs> I respect like, I don't it. I get it, but... No, I, I, I get why you like it, yeah. and I get why I don't like it. And <laughs> a big part of this podcast is because we have very, very different... <laughs> We have such different tastes in movies that, like, it's going to be coming up a lot, and it comes up with us in, like, constantly. Like, I like stuff, you don't like stuff, whatever, but this is, it's just very funny that this is your favorite movie, and I'm just, like, very rock and roll. (laughs) I don't know if I get it, but that's not on that. And that's not on that. Okay, cool. So, on to your... on to your next, second favorite movie. Next or favorite. not your second favorite movie, but the one Just, that I watched second on right. my list. Yep. Um, Popstar. Popstar <laughs> by the Lonely Island. Okay, I'll start. Obsessed. Um, so here are some of my thoughts. Yeah. Um, everybody says that it's he's supposed to be Justin Bieber. Yeah. But it feels more like he's Justin Timberlake. Uh, um, interesting. Well, because he's in a boy band. Um, and then go solo. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's, or maybe just like a, a I mean, hybrid of the two. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's elements that they pull from like boy stars in general. I mm-hmm. think it is like, especially like when they're going through and he's like being such a dick and he's just like being a piece of shit everywhere to everyone. That's like Justin Bieber for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, I guess his I guess his behavior yeah. is um, definitely more like Justin Bieber. But also because I think it's the Lonely Island, it's the three guys, Akiba, Jorma, and Andy. I think like the three of them made this, so the three of them were the stars and like it just made sense like mm-hmm. for them to be in the boy yeah, band, yeah. quote unquote. Okay. But I do do want it on record, this is like top ten, it's not top five. Um, I, this isn't even my favorite Lonely Island thing. Like, <laughs> I like Tour de Pharmacy way better. I haven't seen Tour de Pharmacy. It's fucking, I'm gonna make you watch well, it. Well. Add it to the list, honey. It's gonna be on It's the list. so good and so smart and funny. And Popstar is obviously great, but, um, this one's just, like, more theatrical. And it's Yeah. Fun. And the, the cameos. Ev- it's, everyone I- is in it. I think, okay, there are two things that I love about this movie. Tell me. The first thing is I love seeing 
I love when actors and musician musicians are like self-deprecating. Yeah. I love when they get like human. And with all of the cameos, like they are they're being really self-deprecating. Is there anyone in particular you're talking about? Um, I guess just like Usher coming on and yeah. you know, whatever he says, he's like, it was the king of music and whatever. Like I love when an actor just doesn't take themselves yeah. too or a musician doesn't take themselves yeah. too seriously. I mean, literally everyone yeah. is in that movie. Like Nas is like, yo, yeah. like <laughs> and yeah, like I, every rapper, every and you like Justin Timberlake is the most he I yeah. don't really have an opinion about Justin Timberlake, but he is really good at making fun of himself and like great totally fine being the butt of the joke. Yeah. And I have to fucking respect that. Yeah. Also I think there's a little bit of like chuckle fucker in him. Yeah, I think I think so yeah. too. Big time. I, um, I highly agree. Um, and he's <laughs> yes. like, I'm gonna be in the Lonely Island uh, like movie a hundred percent. Like he would, he yeah. eats that shit up. You Aww, know what I mean? Honest John Ham shit. No, I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> honest John Ham shit. Uh, John Ham is the world's largest chuckle fucker. Um, hopefully, like hopefully he doesn't listen to the pod. Um, anyway. <laughs> John Hamm, if you're listening, turn this off. John Hamm, if you're listening, no, you didn't. Um, okay, and I think the the second thing that I love about this movie is that it um, it brings me back to a time when like a lot of parody movies were being made, mm -hmm. and I love an unserious movie. Yeah, like scary movie or oh, yeah. disaster movie or like not another teen movie, just like the kind of spoof movie. The early aughts. Yeah, but this came out in twenty. 16 so yeah. like it's not early aughts but it is like an homage to like the crazy silliness goofiness yeah. of them all and like, like those were the days when we it's had a silly fun movie it's a silly 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 fun movie, but also heartwarming but also it is heartwarming. i will cry if i am on a certain amount of drugs you know like <laughs> um i think it's i think it's just it's just a good movie anyone who's like that's not a good movie is like too fucking serious. No one, I dare you to find me somebody that there's says- there's someone in this world no, who doesn't like this movie. Wrong. I bet there's someone in the world who wrong. doesn't like this movie. Well, they're wrong for that. Okay, last thing that we have to talk about when it comes to pop star is the music. Oh. The soundtrack, mm -hmm. Mona Lisa. <clears throat> Mona Lisa, I fucked her like we fucked Bin Laden. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, isn't it overrated? <laughs> yeah, well, we we're just quoting their songs. We're not saying, um, but also like yeah, fucking Laden. Um, <laughs> no, the songs are great. They're catchy. They're the Lonely Island music has always been a cornerstone of comedy. Yeah, for me, and they will continue to be, and it will continue to be. Yeah, can't wait for their projects to happen for the rest of our lives the lonely island will forever be i have a lonely island tattoo did you know the that? lonely island will prevail this is a lonely island tattoo is that a is it really yeah it's a whole story okay we'll get into it we'll another time it. but i do have a lonely island tattoo i saw their first concert ever in san francisco at cluster fest um and, and that's why we love and then t-pain came out oh dude no <laughs> we can't get into it because it's anyway um Moving on, so that's pop star. Papacine. Papacine. When was the last time you watched this? Um, 
I watched it, I think, two years ago at Film Forum. Okay. Um, you know I hate French films. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like French films. Um, they're so... This one was fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just think that French films are so pretentious and arrogant. And, like, listen, we have a movie podcast. We're both obsessed with A24. It is not lost on me that I think something is pretentious. Uh-huh. It is not lost on me. Yeah. But French films just don't do it for me. This one was, like, fine. Um, the first note I have is fucking swimming, fucking swimming, fucking swimming. <laughs> and that is what La Piscine is. <laughs> It's just like people okay, hooking up. Swimming pool. No, I'm. Thank you. Thanks for that. Um, I know. <laughs> I know that. Um, I thought it was gorgeous. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that. I thought I was really excited because like they really jumped into like Harry and his daughter comp- like arriving at the little villa. Yeah, yeah, their villa. Um, and I was like, cool, we're really jumping into it. And then I realized that it kind of was dragging. It kind of dragged. It, like, they were just hanging out. And then, like, Harry got killed. And in the swimming pool. We're going to have to add in the beginning of this that it's all spoilers. Oh, yeah. No, it's a, duh. Yeah. Um, definitely spoilers. Um... Anyway, I thought it wasn't going to drag. It kind of did for me, and whatever. It was fine. It was gorgeous. Um, The thing that I liked about it is the sound. The sound of the pool and the splashing Mm -hmm. in the pool sounded so refreshing that it made me want to dive in. Don't you just want to go swimming? Period, or because of watching the movie? Generally, I feel like I Generally, always want to be yes. in a pool of water. Because of the movie, definitely, yes. yes. Um, I think, I, well, okay, do you ever get, like, nostalgic about things that you were never even a part of? You say this a lot, and I always like, try... But do you know what I mean? I know I what it. you mean, because I feel like as a kid I did, and I, I don't think that I do anymore. I think maybe because I'm more serious, but well, okay. But this is a mo- this is a movie that for me, like, this is like the thing. Like movies like this are kind of like the thing that makes me feel nostalgic in a way that I would. I'm like, was I there? Even what, though it's a movie and I wasn't there, because I wasn't born yet. Is it like it's okay, the so music, the costumes, the setting, all the of language? It. Is it literally like just all everything? of it? It's like yeah, I think I think it's all of it. I I think there there's like a lot that I can say about this movie. I think say it, bitch. The the party scene. So the party yeah. scene, yeah. just kind of does something for me that I can't. Maybe I, like, can't explain that well, but maybe I can be reductive about it. Like, I wish I was at that fucking party. No, I, I wish, wish I was at I that party, too. And I feel like I was at that party. Yeah. And, and, like, I miss it or something, and it's why I have to kind of, like, ration movies like this. Like, I can't yeah. watch them too much because it'll kind of lose its um, 
Spark. It's Spark. It's pungency. It's not the right word. It's, it is now. It is now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like it'll get too diluted if I, if I watch it too much. But yeah. like, I wish that I was at that party. I think I maybe was. And I, and I miss it. And yeah. Like that's I, how I feel. I can I see that. I feel like what you're explaining now kind of is like the party scenes from Boogie Nights where it's like the seventies and it's crazy and it's sex, drugs mm-hmm. and rock and roll. And it's just like, yeah, you've seen this so many times and you feel like you were there and there is like a type of nostalgia to it, even though you weren't even thought of being born yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah. maybe it's just because it fucking looks fun. Because it just, it just looks fun and it looks so... It, I mean, it's this is all cliche, right? Like, it's like, you want what you can't have and, like, everything. You just, like, romanticize the past that you'll yeah. never be a part of. And maybe, that, maybe what is so, um, like, alluring about it is just that it's a time that I'll never know. I was never actually Damn. a part of. Damn. And, and so I, like, look at, you know, the... The way that like our going out looks like, or like our parties look like, and mm-hmm. like it'll never look like that scene in La Piscine. Um, but they'll look so, back in like 20, 40 years of uh, our going out and being like, "Damn, I wish I yeah. was on a rooftop in Brooklyn, getting yeah, exactly. shit faced." Exactly, exactly. But it's like it's it's that you know, um, uh, yeah. It's just that that kind of. Um, Sorry. Anyway. Um, yeah, no, I'm sure people will look back and be like, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's an over, it's me overly romanticizing a different time, a different time because I, I can only, you know, see what's like in this movie, you know, and I don't know what the fuck was actually going on. Have you ever seen Midnight in Paris? It's like the entire fucking deal like plot it's the entire this is the entire plot of midnight paris um it i'm sorry it is and it's giving godard ass (laughs) gotta stop um it's i think i just think it's a great movie and it's like if anyone actually listens to this make it a part of your summer film series because it's it is like it it feels like summer it's refreshing it's refreshing it and it just it looks like the summer you want to be having. Oh, it's so true. Wait, I have two more comments about this movie. Number one, it's tray culture. And what I mean by that is every fucking scene. I, I like, it wasn't in my initial notes, but like as I was falling asleep, I'm like, why is it every scene somebody's being, bring out a tray of food, a, a tray of coffee, a tray of teas, a tray of like toast with butter and jam. And I'm just like, why? This movie is tray culture. And number two, why are we not a part of the culture of trays? Why don't we have tray? Why, why don't I have a tray? Why don't we have right a now? tray of teas and snacks and like tray of alcohol? I don't know. I I've been this I'm movie gonna, really has got me thinking about trays. I know what you're getting for your 29th birthday. Jesus Christ, I'm old as hell. Thank you for that. <laughs> Um, a tray. Honestly, it'll be a dream because like, uh, it, Any tray culture is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Tray culture is alive and well in La Piscine, and I don't know why we're not doing tray culture. In, so right. But you might be over romanticizing. I trees am not. <laughs> trees are as good as I think they are. Trays 
That's so true. No, trays are... I got trays in bed, like, when I was sick. My mom had, oh, like, a wooden yeah, one that, I had, like, went With over. the white on top. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. And, like, it folded out. No, I'm talking, I like, like, fancy-ass trays. I would love to, like, destigmatize trays because trays, for me, are, like, synonymous with um, TV dinners. Like, you know, like, the, the little folding table. Yeah. That like your stepdad maybe had like personally. No, it, it was my it was my literal father, not my stepdad. Oh, okay. My literal stepdad right. had this had this folding tray. Oh table, no! And he would just sit in front of the TV, right. and he would just like have a glass of milk, and his like oh. jaw would twitch, and he would just like oh eat dinner. And so I'm like fuck trays, but oh, like, yeah. I he think really it, painted a picture there. Yeah. No, we need to destigmatize trays. No, I'm talking like beautiful French trays, yeah. and like you know in the aforementioned party scene <laughs> she comes out with like a tray of alcohol and it's like why are we not why are we not tray culture why are we as a society not i'm not greeting our guests with trays we might just not be at the age and also we might not have the space in general because we once again live in brooklyn and we have two inches to our name That's so true. um but like i think we can store trays i think you can store and i think that I don't know. It's just that that's something that I've been thinking about, Trace. Okay. Um, well, last last note on Malpicine. I did see, I saw something on Letterboxd when I was reviewing it, and it was like, ooh, like, French girls are always, like, down to take a bullet for their man. And I'm like, <laughs> true. And it made me think, like, if you and I were in this position, uh-huh. you would get away with murder and I wouldn't. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like that's a really good, um, it just explains who we both are and uh, you would get away with murder and I, and I wouldn't just because of like, I can't get away with anything because it's just one of those things, but you would, and you would like go on to live such a happy life, but I would be booked and thrown in the slammer immediately. (laughs) And that's my last night on Lavacine. I love that you could like envision us in the Yeah, movie. no, you you are like happy and living your life and like you've got like in you your little villa. You murder someone in the pool and you're just like hee hee hee. And I'm I like accidentally murdered someone. I like would like not even mean to murder somebody and they're like you got three life sentences. And yeah, yeah, death just because it's here. like one of those things where you know That's it's just, just totally like right. who i am you know i um am deeply flattered by that yeah and so i think we should kill someone <laughs> <laughs> moving on okay your next movie uh-huh is across the universe across the fucking universe which you hated i'm sorry my first note is Bitch, what? Is this actually your favorite movie? This is not one of my top five. It is one of my top ten. Let me explain. I, okay. Did you go through a Beatles phase when you were, I feel like every girl goes through a serious, like a crippling love for Beatles phase when they're like a tween. Okay. I didn't. That's, that's, that's on you. I I did. And this movie happened to come out around the time when... 
I was very deep in my Beatles phase. I was obsessed with the Beatles. And then this movie came out. It was perfectly casted. It was just gorgeous and, like, psychedelic. And, like, even as a kid, I knew I was, like, obsessed with the imagery of what acid is. Yeah. Um, Have you done acid? Yeah. Did it feel like a crossing universe? I hope not. That's not because what tripping the is. Worst movie. <laughs> You're fucked up for that. It's not the worst movie. Okay, why do you hate let, it? Okay, let me go through some of my notes. Yeah. Um, Evan Rachel Wood is typecast. <laughs> I just want to say that. Oh yeah, for um for sure because she's just as whiny in Thirteen and Wake Me Up When September Ends, the mu- the music video by Green Day. Not in a bad way. Love Thirteen. Probably actually one of my top five favorite movies. Okay. But I'm like, okay whatever your name is, Evan Rachel Wood. Like, yeah. we get it. We get it. No, we, we get it. Like, no, we, we, we get it. We get it. Like, I'm not like an Evan Rachel Wood stan. Um, I, fi- but that's fine. Like, whatever. Not the first sure. actress to do it on him. Like, sure. work his work. Do it on him. Um, I thought it was funny that my dad walked in and he was like, ugh, this movie sucks. But then he said he has never seen <laughs> yeah, it. that was really funny. It was really <laughs> funny, but then he watched the rest of the movie with us and was like, loving it. Okay, and also do you remember the part where he goes, how did Salma Hayek get in this? Yeah. <laughs> That's just, whatever. Um, I will say the visuals were incredible. 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 I mean, it was 2007. Yeah. 15 years ago. Yeah. 16 years ago. Whoa. Really good. Really good visuals. Um, I... My truest reductive review of this is that it's a knockoff Walmart version of Forrest Gump. Um, and let me unpack that. Yeah, can you? Because I'm racking well, my brain. Because it's it's following yeah. like fine a couple that yeah I guess it's following like Jude and what's her name Lucy yeah Jude and Lucy like equally. But it's following them from, you know, like, pre-Vietnam War to Vietnam War Mm -hmm. to, like, acid to, like, one of them getting radicalized to then, like, you know... Okay, no, I get it. I get it. It it felt to me like the High School Musical version of Forrest Gump. Okay, and I love that. I I love that you love that. (laughs) You have to know. No, I get it. No, I get it. I like this movie. Um, I wrote down, honestly, so cringe. I had secondhand embarrassment most of the time. Wow. Um, I, I think I mean that. No. I mean that. And that's I just, fair. I took a beat to think about it. I mean it. Um. That's fair. Okay. Also, just outside of the movie, um, I, but you're right. I don't, I don't have that connection to the Beatles. So if I, I watched would, this today, I would... For the first time. I was going to say. No, no, no. I watched it four days ago with you. If I watched it for the first time today, I don't think that I would disagree with any of these notes. I happened to watch this in seventh grade when I was obsessed with the Beatles. And also, I am a musical fucking nerd at heart. I have a funny, bad opinion on it. Right. But in a way that felt like uncomplicated. Yeah. Um, But... A note that I wrote is, I do think Lucy's evolved for the time. Talking about not wanting kids, political activism, Mm -hmm. 
Um, Mm -hmm. But I still Mm -hmm. think that they turn her back into an innocent girl when she's so shocked and disillusioned by Paco making a bomb. Like, they're still maintaining her innocence despite wanting to create an aware, street-smart, radicalized character. They ignored... Uh, they ignored her maternalistic instincts when it felt edgy and convenient, but very much teased them out of her character when it was time for a moral high ground. Damn, say that. Um, and so I, that pissed me off. Like it felt, it, it felt to me like they were trying to make her this very kind of like extreme version of like what even a from woman a young age. Been. Yeah even from a young age. And then like this whole movie is supposed to be like acid trip, you know, we're abolitionists and communists and, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, and then she just like snaps into, you know, and she's like, I thought we weren't the side that, that threw bombs. bombs." And I was just like, hold the fucking phone. This is not like, this is not the story that we were given about this girl. And actually it's like, it did her a deep injustice because she just like regressed into a kind of like simple girl, you know, with that comment. I was like any actual real character that existed, you know, um, as the one that we got up until that point in the movie would be like, yeah, duh, we need a bomb to like, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Fight. I mean, isn't the whole thing about... I mean, she, they made her very fucking naive in that in that part. And I, I was agree. Like, this is a girl that we're supposed to believe is not naive. Um, I agree with all that, but isn't the whole thing about peace and shit? Like... Yeah, I mean, I could be missing the bigger point because... They, they were, the like, at, like, an anti-war peace protest where she met Paco, right? Like, it is the entire point of what they were doing was peaceful protest. So, like, if he's building a bomb, I understand that she, like, is incredibly naive and being like, boo, boo, boo. But, like, I think that she's not wrong in being like, well, this is fucked up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it was just the, um, and maybe this is, like, internalized misogyny, but I guess it was just, like, her, like, I thought we weren't supposed to be the ones who were, like, building bombs and she like walks out and like slams the door and I was like little girl head ass like no it is giving little girl head ass you were trying to build a character who wasn't yeah I think like agreeing and going with the bomb would be or just like a step too far though especially when when I think that there could have been a happy medium I agree I agree I yeah because I I was thinking of an alternative like I was like I mean did I want her to be like Yes, that's fine. I totally. I, I really like. I think a character, like a real life character of her, would have been like, I get it, but I don't really want a part in it. I, like, but it is a musical, and it's supposed to be like musicals right. are like, like sometimes airy. can be like a little yeah. airy and like simple, and mm-hmm. so that's fine. I just want to say that I read an article that said. um that we that okay so um who is it julie tamor is the director and writer of across universe and so she said that because mother by taryn onofsky Mm -hmm. um because mother has a 69 percent on rotten tomatoes but across the universe only has a 53 percent that it just uh reveals how sexist movie critics are 
She compared mother to across the universe. They are just like, they're just very different. Well, I don't know what mother has to do with across the universe. I don't either, but she was just basically like, because Darren has clout and he's a man, he can make a weird psychedelic kind of like feverish movie. Right. And when I did it, because I'm a woman, it has a 53%. And it's just like, no, some people just like, Musicals are ne like it's always going to be a hit or miss with half your audience when you're making Musicals a musical. Are rarely like masterpieces. Um, she also said that because she created Lion King on Broadway, she deserved the same clout as Oscar. All right, number one, she's obsessed. She's obsessed with him. Yeah, she's um, obsessed with him. But like, as I hate to do this, but as a woman in the entertainment industry... In showbiz. In showbiz. Ever heard of it? Um, there is so much sexism and misogyny. I... Um, I don't think that she's wrong in saying that critics are misogynistic and sexist. Sure. I'm Like, everything about this industry is. But... Um, let's not do the comparing game. Yeah, I think, I don't, I just don't think that Mother having a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes and yeah, I don't, I don't Across know. the Universe having a 53% yeah. is like, that's, they seem very independent of each other. Right. And so I just thought it was like kind of an absurd, like, um, like the, the scapegoating to that was like very interesting and like annoying to yeah. me because Mother is objectively a better movie. Um, and I watched both both of those movies, not knowing who the directors were. Right. So like, it's just not uh, set on that. Seemed moot to me. So anyway, I get it. Um, you hate it across the universe. universe. You hate it. That's totally cool. I love it because I watched it when I was fucking twelve years old. I'm obsessed with Beatles. I do. It is. I do love the set design. The it's set design's amazing. Gorgeous. Also, so I, incredible. Jim Sturgis, I just need to, like, Jim Sturgis was my dream man. And he is hot. He's hot as hell, and he has such a good voice. He's hot. And, like, little fucking seventh grade Amy, like, oh, it doesn't she get... Died for she him. died for fucking Jim Sturgis. Like, obsessed. Like... Yeah, no, he's... Listen, again, if I watch this movie in seventh grade... Yeah. ...and love the... Beatles, I'm sure I would have a much different yeah, opinion yeah. on it. I watched it at 28, having um, pretty much no sentimental value uh, on the Beatles. And I get that. Um, but And you're valid for that. I do love a movie that looks like a Broadway musical. Yeah. I do. I do, too. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Ugh. Beautiful. All right. Okay. Moving on. Um, next is, oh, shit. I'm about to lose my goddamn mind oh, over this one. What is it? Sleeping with other people. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did you love it? Okay. I think this might be my favorite rom-com. Okay. Yes. Thank you. That's why it's in my top five. I don't like... Whatever. All rom-coms are the same to me. Whatever. Um, don't really care. They're fun to watch. They're easy. Cool. There's nothing like groundbreaking, earth-shattering about them. This movie... Alright, Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> Jason Sudeikis is like the hottest he's ever been. I know. I know you love Alison Brie. Love her. You know I don't... I think she's annoying. 
low-key. I think she plays the same role low-key. Yeah, um, I see that. And so, like, again, you being loyal to your people, but, like, I, in this, like, I am, like, Jason Sudeikis. I know. Has got me. Mm-hmm. And a chokehold. Fucked up in this movie. <laughs> like, just, even when he says, like, because it's written by, it's written and directed by the same woman. Um, and the language she uses, like, when he says, like, my girl, and he calls her baby, oh, I'm, I'm, like, melting, melting thinking about it. Stop. I'm going to watch it. Today. I'm going to watch it. Rewatch it. <laughs> it's, like, it's, he's so hot. <sighs> and is it not, like, your quintessential New York City Oh no! It's totally. Com. Also, yeah. they're at pianos. Like it's, I know, it's so it's so and eating, fun. Like, Chinese food—that's her thing. Like, and also, I just love the trope of acting like you're in a relationship but not being in a relationship. Yeah, because who hasn't been there? I'm there every day of my life. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, and like the you know trying to resist the sexual tension. Oh my god, so it's hot. Just, and like Adam Brody's her in the beginning. Adam Brody so good. So funny. And also, you know who else? Fucking Adam Scott. I've oh never God. seen him be so like off-putting and slimy before. Slimy is like a lizard person. Ugh. He's Ew. great. He's so But he's good. so good. He's so good at being a slimy lizard person. So good at being uh. a slimy. I mean, the movie has layers for a rom-com. It really does. For sure. Um, and, but it's like, it's so fun. I think Sleeping With Other People is my ultimate, like, comfort movie. It's It's so a good. movie that, like, brings me back to, like, it, it gets me, um, like, really wanting to, like, connect with New York City and, like, yeah. it just wants me to, like, it makes me want to, like, I watch that movie and I want to, like, just walk around in warm weather. Makes me want to be in love. Yeah. And then I'm like, never mind. But, like, never mind. They're, but they're also in. They're also like. They also seem to be like in love with New York, which I think is their really chemistry cute. is palpable. Though yeah, you can touch it and feel it and taste it. It's I wonder if they smash. Probably not. But it's I so crazy. Would love it if they're they like did. mousetrap. Mousetrap. <laughs> no, literally. I I sent you like a letterbox review that was just like Jason Stakis does anything me mousetrap. <laughs> In this movie, I am like mouse fucking trap, <laughs> dude. Like, it's so it's so I'm, good. I'm so glad that you loved it. Um, I forget when I watched it for the first time, but it's definitely like, yeah, it's a it's a comfort movie. Oh, it's just so good. It never gets old for me. And a rom com, like I can watch a rom com once, but it has like depth. Okay. The one scene that I think have been thinking about every single day since watching it, and I don't think that I'm going to stop thinking about it until the very moment that I die. Yeah. The scene where she comes back from, like, the event where Adam Scott is, and she's with her new boyfriend, and he, she goes to his place, and he takes her heels off for her, mm-hmm. and she ta- he takes her jacket off for her, and then, like, he walks over, and he throws his jacket off the hanger and puts hers on and it's like oh he he took her fucking heels off for her he like loves her and he and then he just holds but it's just like the act of just taking a jacket off and taking heel and he's like level with her and they're like 
on the same plane eye to eye face to face and he's just like she's down bad and he just i can't with the heels it's like the hottest thing yeah it's so simple but it's unreal it's really unreal it's it is um yeah he does he just like loves her and she resists and she does her thing she's like i'm going to medical school yeah Adam Scott, I, I kind of forgot about Adam Scott because I'm, like, so focused on Allison Brie and Jason Sudeikis. But he really, like, that was Adam Scott's range. That's the like, only that's other like thing. I was thinking that. It's the only other thing that I've seen him be, like, different, different in. Yeah, where you're, like, I've never been disgusted Like, turned off. Like, Adam so Scott. turned off by him. I'm usually, like, any character that's he's my baby. Like, yeah, that's my like, baby. He's a little cutie. Yeah. He was like, I was like, oh my god, I fucking hate no, you. Hate him. Hate, I hate him. him. I hated his wife. Yeah, Honestly, she I was hated the that bitch. Um, she has like two lines, and I'm like, I don't. You're annoying. I don't like you. Ass. Um. Oh my god, they do Molly at the children's party. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, and what's the guy? His best friend's name. He's a comedian. Um. And Mansukas. Yeah, I know. Jason Mansukas. So good. But that's like the other thing. Jason Mansukas' relationship with his wife, that also is like a perfect yes. relationship as well. And it's just like, we're married, we have kids, but we're fucking cool as fuck. We're cool. And you don't see drugs. that. Yeah, you don't see that. And there's like so much banter back and forth. It's like, I hate you, but like, I clearly love you. Yeah. And it's like, just I would watch so their well written. I would watch their oh, big This time. is 40. So. Oh my God. Um, Amazing. So let's, let's get it in the works. Let's get it greenlit. Sleeping with other people, best rom-com to ever do it. Although Palm Springs, Springs. we'll get there. We'll talk about Palm Springs another. That's a whole episode. Still up there. Um, Okay, so the next movie for you is Gladiator. Yeah. Are you not entertained? (laughs) Am I not merciful? Are you not entertained? Am I not merciful? Was improvised. Was it? Yeah. I didn't know what to say about this movie that hasn't been said already, so I just looked up fun facts. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know any fun facts about it, and this this is one of the ones... Oh, I don't think I said this, but Popstar and Across the Universe are two that are in my top ten, but not my top five. Gladiator is my top five. It's actually in your top five. I love Gladiator. I, I get it. Really? I do. I do. Okay. I, I do. Okay, which means you didn't. You don't get my favorite movie. I'm scared about that. Okay. About Metropolis. Yeah, you're gonna drag it okay. to hell. I'll fucking fight you. I'm. I'm not going to. Okay. 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 Anyway. Um, anyway. 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 <laughs> um. Okay. First thoughts about uh, Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix and Russell Crowe could get it. They're both very good-looking men. Okay. Um, I don't know if I agree with that at all, but... Psychotic. Okay. Um, I prefer Joaquin Phoenix as um, as a hero. I don't like him being the I thought antagonist. He was, I thought he was a great villain. I think he's I the best villain. I don't like him being... It's because we just watched Bo's Afraid, and he oh. is like such... Of like man child failure to launch little baby boy in that and also like he seems to really want to do the right thing. Wow, gang gang. <laughs> but um in this movie I'm like, no, where's my where's Bo? Where's Bo's afraid? Um I 
think we've talked about this. I don't like particularly have a certain fondness for Joaquin Phoenix. I'm pretty indifferent. If anything, I might even dislike him. I've never seen I, like Gladiator is my favorite movie, but one of my favorite movies. But um, and I think that this is like my favorite performance of his. But I'm like like he's good like i'm not like obsessed with him you know yeah i think yeah I, and I i guess maybe his performance actually i don't think his performance was actually like that great also our sister fucking like is lucius oh yeah is he, lucius his son lucius is not his son are you sure because he's like he goes into his room and like touches his toes and he's like no he's is so it so low it is his uncle it's his, not his uncle, father, father, uncle? Um, I don't think that it's his, no, I'm pretty, fairly certain that it's Lush, like, he's not his son. But he is, he wants to get it with his sister big time. And I feel like they've gotten it before. I don't know, she's clearly not about it. She hates him. She hates him, so she's like, no. And also, I think that she is, like, smart enough and manipulative enough towards him to be like, you're such a dumb little bitch, I'm not going to fuck you. Yeah. And I'm not going to let this happen. Because if it is, it's rape, honey, and we're not doing that we're today. We're not doing that today. We're not doing it today. Today's not the day. Today's not the day for rape. And guess what? Neither is tomorrow. Or at any point in the movie. And in fact, you're going to fucking die. Uh, rape is in, well, not for her, but there is... Oh, his, um, Russell Crowe's yeah. wife. Russell they Beals. say it, though. They don't shot. Yeah. Anyway, um... <laughs> okay. Um, also, DreamWorks had to beg Ridley Scott to direct it. Really? Yes. That's another... Again, I'm just gonna... No, I'm really excited facts. about it because I'm usually, like, the, oh, fun, fucking fun fact machine, and I don't really know anything about it okay, besides well, they, that I love it. They had to beg him why i wonder why um i don't i don't know but apparently he was saying like i'm not gonna make another sword and sandal movie didn't mm. know sword and sandal was a thing um like a genre of movie um he was like if i do it it has to be different whatever whatever and then ridley scott had to convince russell crowe mm -hmm. to um to sign on to the movie and he was like what did he say to him he was like i have a hundred million dollars I'm going to be the director, you're Russell Crowe, just sign on to be in the movie. Okay. And Russell Crowe did. And then apparently the script was so, the script was not finished during filming. Stop. Like while they were filming, the, the script was not finished. Uh -huh. Russell Crowe apparently would like walk off set, pissed off all the time. And then to the meme writer, I can't rem remember his name. He was like, he went up to him and like the writer confirmed this in an interview and was like, your script is fucking garbage, but I'm Russell Crowe, so I can make your garbage sound good. And guess what he... And he did. He did. And apparently, he refused He refused to say the line, I will get my vengeance in this life or the next. And then he was finally convinced to say it, which is surprising, because I actually thought that that was a great line. Wait, you want to know my favorite line, which is one of my favorite lines of all time? What we do in life echoes in eternity. Mm-hmm. I, I yes that was my I was like wait that's pretty good what we do in life echoes in eternity is like one of the best lines in any movie of all time and my friend from high school had in high school had what we do in life echoes in eternity tattooed on his arms um right, shout out marquise and i was like much. no but it's like not enough i like, i'm getting it. i'm like <laughs> i'm getting it on my forehead it is the it's like it's just the best line it's a good line it's it it is a banger script you've yeah. got you've got a, like everyone's the got and, well, the script is 
it is genius. Like I couldn't yeah. write not I yet. Not yet. Like, like the amount of research and time that went into that script. Yeah. Like, cut cut the writer a break. Like Russell Crowe, you write that. Russell Crowe ass. Yeah, head ass. Can you even read? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Don't listen to no, Russell Crowe if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Crowe, if you're listening to this, no Turn you are. Turn this off. Yeah. <laughs> um Um Something I kept thinking was Yeah. Were there no medics in ancient Rome? Um I don't know. No, there were. There were like, um, I only think, well, I don't know. I'm reading Song of Achilles right now, so oh, there's like, list. there's like. Shout out Teddy. Shout out Teddy. Yeah, actually shout out Teddy. Teddy's the one that was like, <laughs> read it. And I'm like, all right, fine. Um, and it's really good. But I think that they always, there's always like, no matter where you are culturally, what year, what century, there's always like men making potions you know what i mean um i think that the like the one part where his like arm is slashed and they put maggots in there like that is i feel like i don't remember that part he's like that's when he's like knocked out oh oh okay they find him yeah and you see that his arm is filled with like moving maggots it's because like they're killing the infection and like that in itself is medicine yeah know? okay because there were certain herds in in the coliseum coliseum where i mean they're um, just so disposable like like yeah, why would like, they why bother would they, why, would, why would, they bother? would they bother when it could feed the lions you know that's so true bestie it's so true that's so true so true um i i liked gladiator I, I did like so rock and roll. I liked Gladiator. Oh, my joke about Gladiator. Oh, we've got a joke. I've got a joke. Okay. This is the real John Wick origin story. Wait a minute. Wait, what the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? John, John Wick is based off Gladiator. I'm convinced. Oh. Oh. Okay. I'm convinced because what's the difference? Well, one's in ancient Rome, one's in like, one is uh, bi-continental. The continental, yeah. Um, no, you're low-key, but also high-key, not wrong. Like, John Wick is just a gladiator, just like fighting for his dead for, wife. Yeah, a hundred, well, yeah, that and the fucking dead and, puppy. And his dead puppy, which could translate into his dead son. I can't believe the that you're so right. Away. You're not wrong. That John Wick is just a modern gladiator. Damn! Now you, now you going off so hard on that one. <laughs> now you, now you, now you literally altering my brain chemistry with that one. <laughs> okay. Good. Moving yeah. on. Good. All right. Next, I have a lot to say about this one. Oh, which one is it? House of Wax. Oh, the 2005. My God. House of Wax, yes. not the original. Not the 1920s. Um, this is like the most early aughts, 2000s cast that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, Paris Hilton, Oscar Wen. Oscar <laughs> Wen. Because guess what? She is a star. She is a performer. She is acting for her life. She mm-hmm. is she's, actually very good, and I'm not sorry about it. I'm not sorry to say it. She's actually so no, good. No, she's a really great actress. And honestly, I would say top five Horror movie deaths of all time. Uh, I was gonna get to that. Oh, sorry, My girl sorry. Paris fought long. She fought hard. <laughs> she is the only one that like hurt the 
masked guy. I don't remember his name. Uh-huh. I watched this last night eating dinner, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, not a great movie to eat dinner to. Okay? Not a good movie to eat dinner to. Um, but she fought really long and hard in her little, like, cute little pink bra. And I think that her death was so absurd. But it was hilarious. And she... Got the death that she deserved. I low-key, like, feel like I want... I I imagine Paris Hilton, like, being in her rider and in her contract for House of Wax being like, um, okay, I can die, but it has to be, like, the longest death. It has to be a chase scene. I have to give it my all, and I have to die the goofiest way. <laughs> and that is what I think Paris Hilton's contract says for House of Wax. She was also like, it has to be kind of sexy too. Oh, it has to be sexy. And she, and you know what? Check, 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 check. This is the movie that got me onto horror scary movies. Yeah, that is another. This is this movie is my my origin story. Yeah, the, I feel like this is your this in your top five is your across the universe. Yeah. Because I am not a horror person. Yeah. Um, Did you you watch it alone? I watched it alone, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, More to say. The definition of camp. Um, (laughs) The the chokehold Chad Michael Murray had on the early aughts is un-fucking-real. He, I feel like, played usually the boy next door... Like, mm-hmm. the cute guy. And he was, like, a little bit of a badass in this one. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, T. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I'm just, like, confused as to why he's not taking his shirt off in the year of our Lord 2023. <laughs> like, why is he not... Where? Where's our boy? Where is Chad? Where's Chad Michael Murray? This movie... Really makes you think about where Chad Michael no, Murray might be. No, the entire time, I'm like... Why? Where is Chad Michael Murray? I don't know what he's up to. I feel like maybe, maybe just chilling. I just he might just like have a nice little life. Maybe he's just like not as hot anymore. Maybe or maybe I think he is though. I I think he's pretty. He's probably still very hot. He's like that. A man like him will always be good looking. Wow. So that. Okay. Keep keep going with your thoughts on House of Wax. Um. I. I thought it was really cool. I mean, whatever. I don't care about the plot, to be honest. It's like they're in this creepy town, whatever. It's all wax. It's crazy. It's 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 actually a pretty cool concept. Um, it's two hours, which I thought was like weird. Like, there's no reason why it's, it's two long. hours, but it doesn't. It didn't feel. Is that long. my longest movie? Um, uh, I, I think it might. Be. I don't know. Yeah. I, to be honest, do not know. Um, all yours were. Two plus. All of my favorite movies are five hours long. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, so I thought that the actual house when it was melting was so fucking cool and they did such a good job for the year that it was made. Yeah, that's true. But until they got outside and then when it crumpled on the outside, <laughs> it the CGI, it looked like Tron. It was so bad. Like, it was so... 
visually disturbing how they like <laughs> altered it and smushed it and i'm like you you couldn't have tried a little like put a few more thousand dollars into this guys just like a just a couple more <laughs> because the inside was so cool like how everything was melting and then like as it was melting on the outside i'm like it looks like somebody's folding it up with a, it it was mm-hmm. goofy as hell it was a little silly um that's all of my thoughts on house of wax okay I mean, I um, I echo all of those thoughts. Right. Parasol in. Uh, she was like, I'm going to show you my range in the year 2005. And she did. She really did. Yeah. She looked great doing it. Amazing, amazing horror movie death. Like, really just one. Yeah, de- one it, was, it was the best death in, in the movie, for sure. A hundred percent. And probably the year and the decade. And, and maybe even of all time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of I all time. Um, what else? Uh, I can't go to a small town, a small town's main street without saying I feel like I'm on the set of House Interesting. Of it has really shaped how I see any town wow. that is not a major city. Wow. Um, or beach. Wow. Like, and I think you'll feel that way. Um, that's so interesting because I like grew up in like a main street USA kind of town. That's, that is what, um, uh, what's your fucking town again? Collingswood. That's what Collingswood feels like. The main street. Yeah. Literally like at night when there are no cars on the street and like the street. I didn't even think of that. It's all feel like House of Wax. Yeah. No, you're right. Collingswood is the town. It's House of Wax. Wait, what's the town? It's like, uh, whatever. Okay. Doesn't matter. Where they are. But it actually, what it actually feels like is all of the small towns upstate. So anytime yeah. I've gone to like, yeah, 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 Hudson or like I'm literally just like I'm naming on, small towns. I'm like, um, <laughs> uh, I'm, like, I'm, I'm in the the town of House of Wax. Yeah. Um. Also, scary as hell. Where he's like playing piano, piano yeah, and he like has a tear coming and out. Of his his eye. eyeballs are going back and forth. I yeah. didn't know. That's how I feel when I do like face masks. I didn't know that like that was the deal. That like people were waxed alive. Yes, and is, I didn't. It is horror. Like it's it is. Actually oh no, horrifying. it's horror big time. And I didn't realize that you couldn't just like pick the if you pick the wax off, you're picking your, the skin off. You're picking your skin off. Like you're just stuck until you die. It is. It is literally one of the most horrifying. It's thoughts. Pretty fucked. It is pretty fucked. I mean, it's a great. It's a great movie. Great movie concept. It's a great movie concept. I hope that they remake House of Wax again. Because they keep remaking fucking Friday the Thirteenth, right? And um, I, I don't know what are those other ones like Scream. the camp ones and yeah, Texas Chainsaws. I'm like, can I get a House of Wax remake? Honestly, let's get a House of Wax remake. Wait, I haven't seen the original. I should really watch the original. The original, the original, is the original. I mean, it's a horror movie from like the 20s. So actually. I, I love it. That, yeah, it sounds right up my alley. Um, um, I uh, great movie. Okay, great. awesome. On to on to the next Metropolis. <laughs> okay, should I just read you? I'm scared. I I just want to like go into the saying Metropolis is, as you may know, like my entire identity. Yes. Um, and I don't, I have yet to find another human that loves it, maybe even likes it as much as I do, Um, comes close to even a little bit, you know? I 
like it. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> there's no, I'll take there's it. There's no world where I dislike this movie. Okay. All right. I like it because I know what it means to you. It means everything to me. It's not, this will never be like my genre. Like 1920s German silent film is my favorite. It's never going to be my genre. Yeah. But I can appreciate it. Yeah. I can definitely appreciate that's all it. I, that's all I ask for. Um, I love that Fritz's wife wrote the book yep. that it's based off of. And they wrote the screenplay together. I love that. Yeah. Like, the more I was reading about it, yeah, I it's like... I, the reason why I love Metropolis is because, like, the history of it all. And, yeah. and it's one of the first sci-fi films, one of the first films that has, like, a mad scientist. And every everything about it is so groundbreaking for the time and for film in general that it's, like, Metropolis, if you just view it, it's great, yeah. but everything surrounding the film is so imperative to everything to me. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. but yeah, it's the, it's unreal. It's fucking unreal. Um, I also was like, what can I say about this that you haven't thought about it? And there's probably nothing that I can say, but I did just look up more facts yeah. about it. I love it. What else? Um, also love that it's set in 2026. Because it's 2023. I know. <laughs> How crazy is that? It is just, later. it's just like so, like the metro, like the images of like the city were so advanced and you see like airplanes in the year 1927 on screen, which is like yeah. not even a fucking thing. I mean, it is, it is. It is insane to it's think insane. that that was a hundred years ago. I know. And like images, images of like New York City today look like Metropolis. And how did that fucking happen? Like the art direction, the art design, unbelievable. And it's the most gorgeous thing that it's I will ever story. see. It's, I mean, whatever. I don't care about the love story. Yeah, but it's like, it is... It is. It's I, cool. Like, it's cool. It's it cool. All, like, it is sweet that it's a love story. It's sweet to know that, like, he and his wife wrote it together. I know. I um, read that, like, he wanted to write it after he visited New York City. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, yeah. Aw. Yeah, no, Fritz Long. A New York City love story. Fritz Long is probably one of my favorite directors. German Expressionism is my favorite genre of film. And it's, like, Germany, World War One, and, like, crazy spooky weird like this crazy lighting it's just like all of these things like are so moving to me yeah and it's so important to me and like even the choreography of metropolis is like the most beautiful thing that i will ever see in my life like the this, one of my favorite images from Metropolis is um, at the shift change when all of the workers are in a row and they're mm. walking into the elevators like a little bit more fast paced and the guys leaving the shift are like walking so slowly because it's killing them. Mm -hmm. It's like the most gorgeous thing and it's beautiful. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And it's like the restorations that they have, it's like crisp and clear and you can feel it. And it's like the whole point of Metropolis is, is like the line, like the head and the heart need the fucking mediator, right? 
and Frieder, the main guy, is the mediator between the blue-collar workers and the people that run the city. And it's just like, just like, do the right thing. It's just like an evergreen... I think, again, like, I, for me, while I was watching it, I had to keep reminding myself, like, this was made a hundred years no. ago. Like, it is just a historical location yeah. of this movie being made a hundred years ago. I like, know. If we saw this story and these, like, these effects and these visuals in the year 2023, we would be, like, just whelmed. Not overwhelmed, yeah, but not underwhelmed. No. We'd just be like, okay... This is good. It would still be good, though. It would still be good 100%, but it, they did this 100 years I ago. I know. And, like, I think that's what makes it so striking. I know. Is And it was 100 years ago. I, I know. Like, like, that, that to me, like, I have to keep saying it to myself because I'm like, I can't quite conceptualize what 100 years ago it was really like the was. invention of film and then they made and then Fritz Lang made Metropolis. Like yeah. isn't that fucking It is he actually goes crazy. on to like make some he of like was an evil genius. No, a hundred You know what's funny about Metropolis too? Yeah. I I think also in a weird way, like first of all, I I was feeling like a little disassociated during this movie because I was like it is living, this might sound so stupid, but I'm going to say it anyway. It is like living proof that that time, like it's visual proof of that time existing. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, when was film actually invented? I, obviously photography. It's like 1890, 1890, it's like late 1890s. Like we make movies about the 1920s. Yeah. This is like one of the films that actually from the 1920s. is from the I 1920s know. and like we can make movies about you know 150 AD you know like gladiator or yeah. whatever but there's no we prove we just don't right. know visually what that actually right. looks like we can just infer what we think it looks yeah. like and I think as I was watching it was getting like it, it was kind of freaky like it was feeling like a kind of alternate universe because obviously this is not um the time period that I usually watch movies from. And yeah. I was like, these are like, this is, this is proof that this, um, that like these people, ex like this is video proof, yeah. you know? Um, and obviously I don't need video proof to acknowledge that history has happened. That's like not what I'm trying yeah. to say, but it is, it is just different to watch yeah. it, you know, instead of read about it or see photographs of it, like watching it, and I feel like it's why this movie will be important forever. I, a hundred percent. It is a time capsule yeah. of history. A hundred percent. Like, Metropolis is, and of itself, a movie surrounding, like, with the history surrounding it. That's what it is. Like, a World War One movie that brings you into, like, World War Two, and it's like... Also, another interesting thing about it is, like, Germany didn't have any, like, international films at that time. So, like, all of the films in Germany were made in Germany. And, like, this is what they fucking got, dude. So, like, yeah. it's just, like, everything about it is fucking history. And it is, like, the origin of film. Yeah. And 
no movie will ever be more important to like the actual entertainment industry ever to me i i think yeah i feel like that's no i i feel like that's right i feel like that's people uh, will be like wizard of oz and i'm like y'all will ever heard of metropolis um (laughs) it's also i mean just to like i mean they were living in dystopia but to then write it and like to to then like put it in an imaginative way yeah and then to write that yeah. And then to write a screenplay based off of that. And then to get it made. Yeah. And then to get it made in this. Like, it is, um, it is, uh, like, revolutionary. It know? is. It's and like, it was. Yeah. And it's a gift that we are even able to watch it today. Yeah. Well, and that was the thing that I read was that part of the film, mm-hmm. like, they thought was destroyed. And they yeah. did it. And, where? Like Argentina. In Argentina. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Like, <laughs> in one of my film classes, I've I've taken all of my film classes. Like, you watch Metropolis. It's the first movie that you fucking watch on the fucking in every class. And it got to a point where, like, in one of my classes, they're like, Amy, like, we watched Metropolis one time. They're like, just like do the lecture. And I like fully was like, here's the thing about Metropolis. <laughs> and I like went on like a thirty minute spiel about Metropolis. And it's like. It's just like it's just so important, and I know, I know, there, there's, I know so much about this. Yeah. Like, let me tell you a little something about Argentina. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. whatever. That was that was crazy. Yeah. Um, because it's also like, how many fucking films have we not gotten to watch? So many. Um, and that's a little sad. And then they'll also like even like today, like they'll still like be breaking down walls and like find reels of like movies mm-hmm. from the twenties and thirties, and it's just like some are salvageable some are not and yeah. it's just like so interesting because now like you make a movie and it's all like di- digitized and up on your computer but like it was celluloid you know it was like an actual thing and if you burn it or get rid of it or if it's tainted in any way like you lose an entire movie like we're mm-hmm. so lucky and there is still other parts of metropolis that are lost but at least we have what we have, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, okay. And that's Metropolis. We should do the last movie. Yep. Okay. The last movie is Calm K. So call me by your name. Call me by your name. That is... Is this an actual one in your top five? Um, I think it's probably top ten. Top ten, I yeah. don't think it's actually top, top five. Top five, yeah. Okay. But it's it's out there. Okay. Um, what is there to say about Call Me By Your Name? It's one of those movies that another really great summer movie, another movie where there's a refreshing ass swimming pool. Maybe I just like that makes pools. me. I think you just love summer movies and with you swimming just love pools. A European swimming yeah, pool. you just love a European summer. I think that's I like that's a genre that you love. I think so too. Um, I think we, I, we should just do an episode on European. You've summer. been wanting to. I've been wanting to so do bad, that. but we already talked about two now. Yeah, I guess um, we can find more. We'll find nothing more. left to say. Um, what else? Um, I think it's perfectly perfectly casted. Um, Agree. I think Despite that they're. I know. Being I mean, a people leader. 
He is a purple people eater. Um, <laughs> and that's fucked up. Um, their chemistry is palpable. Like, the moment where he, like, sneaks into Army Hammer's room, Timothy, and, like, falls into him mm-hmm. is, like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Yeah. Like, love it. I want these two men just fucking each other all the time. Literally all like, the time. constantly. It does. This is actually the movie that makes tragedy aspirational. Mm. Like, this is actually the movie that makes you want to have your heart broken. Um, Damn. Cause, because, like, that... Wait, isn't this the one where you, like... Are we not allowed to talk about it? What? Isn't this the movie where... Okay, we're allowed to say that. Okay. <laughs> I broke up with my boyfriend after watching yeah. this movie. That's how you know a movie's good. <laughs> because I was literally... I watched it in... Um, I guess I didn't watch it until 2018. Mm-hmm. And then I broke up with him. Like, I remember watching the movie and I was like, I literally had this thought, like, this man that I'm dating will never, like, give you, will never be able to, to like, yeah. hurt me like this. And that probably means that I'm not in the right relationship. Not saying that, like, you want someone that you're, is going to hurt you. Right. Like, you want to be that in love with somebody. For sure. That, like, you, you would you would be broken if they were gone. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, like, that's not the type of love that I feel. <laughs> and shout out that guy. Shout out to that guy. Sure, he's doing fine. Um, but, yeah, it had this... I, this is one of my favorite movies because, I mean, it's just a phenomenal movie. But yeah, it's great. It had such a big impact on me Mm -hmm. um like for days i just couldn't get it out of my head yeah um and it caused me to make like a big life shift yeah um and of course like i could argue that that was just underneath and like waiting to happen and it just kind of had to be like dredged up by something but you can definitely owe it it to owe it to call me by your name yeah like movies like, that for me is, like, the most important thing about movies is, like, it brings out all of these emotions and you were led to a certain decision because of the emotional reaction to this movie and, like, love it. The movie in which a guy fucks a peach, you know? Literally a movie about a guy fucking a peach. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? We love it. And um, we love to see it. We really do love to see it. Um, I, Yeah, I guess there isn't, like, too much to say about call me by your name it it's mm-hmm. just to me it's just amazing um who was the director of call me by your name luca james ivory the director or the writer oh i don't know the writer i know the director luca guandagnino oh he's a he's a writer of the book oh is or he? is that okay so it's both <laughs> It's, it's, uh, Luco, whatever, mm-hmm. and James Ivory. And my favorite thing that I've ever seen is that, um, at the Oscars, cause Call Me By Your Name was nominated, yeah. I think, for like Best Adaptive Screenplay and maybe even, I forget the other ones, but at the Oscars, he, um, wore a white 
button up with uh, Timothy Chalamet, like hand painted onto it, the part where he licks his hand. Oh, oh wait, I think I feet. know that. Look. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. How before. amazing is that? I don't know why I just love that so much. Yo, he's that old, old as ass hell. He's like t-shirt. old as but the hills. I think it's just like, it just shows how much they like loved this movie. Yeah. Like even the directors. It's like when um the uh, the Daniels. Oh my God, yeah. When, um, Everything everywhere when, all at once. When one of them wore the punk sweater. To the Oscars, like it's it's those like odes to the movies that yeah. you've made, like when you just love the movie that you made so, so much, much, yeah. And you're just like, I literally have to wear art, yeah. You know that is that is. I um, think "Call Me by Your watch. Name" in itself is like s- art. Yeah. Um, you know what else is like such a good moment? I think another like. Did you rewatch it? No, I didn't rewatch it either. Um, but in scene that stands out to me always is i mean obviously besides the peach is the dancing scene Mm. and they're just like out here dancing and it's like they're both dancing kind of hot and it's like (laughs) i love it i'm sorry what do you think about the dad at the Um, end do you think he's like stealing his thunder or do you think he's like relating to him do you think he's gay um, wait, what happens again? Sorry, at remind the end, me. he, like, goes up to Timothy Chalamet, and he's basically like, you don't want to live a life that's, like, a lie. Trust me, I would know. And he's basically like, saying, like, I'm closeted. I don't remember that. Which is funny, because if anyone was... I thought that he... I thought that it was, like, he was being so supportive, like, yeah, I knew the whole time. Sorry about it. I think he's saying that too. Yeah. And then I think he's also saying, like, I think you don't he implies, live- oh my God. I think he implies I that, that he also was like closeted. I just remember being like, that is the one part of this movie that I could have done without. Without. But then Timothy Chalamet just crying into the camera for the last, When the like, credits roll in like. Five minutes. Yeah. What movie did we watch recently that we were like, this is call me, like, this is an homage to call me by your name. Do you remember? No. Um, what have we seen recently? I don't know. I don't know, but I feel like that's all I have to say about it. That's all I have to say about all of the movies. Okay, can I just give you your theme? Oh, yeah. I'm scared. This is the last thing I have. Oh, God. Amy's uh, movie themes. Oh, shit. A son looking for his father's love. Gladiator. Maximus getting back to his son. Commodus looking for his father's love and ultimately killing him because he can't get it. Oh, Across shit. the universe, Jude looking to find his father. Oh, the blonde, shit. The blonde one. Shit. The blonde one disappointing his father. Do the right thing. Mookie trying to do the right thing for his son and ultimately being absent. Pino and Sal having disagreements about what fatherhood looks like. Whoa. Metropolis. Frieder disappointing his father by falling in love with Maria. Also, Frieder looks like Ray Liotta. Leota. Oh, big time. How crazy is that? It's the eyeliner. Um, that. What does that mean? What? First of all, I would have never guessed that. That that was the theme that, of your movies. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's very all about clear. fathers and sons. I am not a son. <laughs> Except for pop star. Not, I feel like you can also, like, you can somehow, make the argument. Yeah. You can make the argument. But, I don't, but I'm not a boy. I don't know what you mean. What does it mean? What does it mean? I love my father. 
I know. That's why it's funny that you're that's a so girl who loves her father, but like yeah. for some reason, these are the themes. I it probably means nothing, but I thought it was funny. I don't know. I thought it was very. When funny. it comes to films, everything means something. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> and Amy McDay. Okay, that was the first episode of Reductive Reviews with Amy and G. With Amy and G, we Yay. did it. Yay.